everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reaction Therapy Podcast. I am your resident psychotherapist, Tom Stevens, here with Nick Stevens. I am here. To talk about a really the most wonderful time of the year. I, this is maybe my favorite podcast then. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a great time of the year, but we're actually going to talk about how it maybe isn't so good for some people. That's also why I like the holidays, because <laughs> it's not always the best time of year. So... Just because something's amazing for one person doesn't mean it's amazing for other people. Facts. But the holidays are our theme at this point. Mm. And we are super excited because a year ago, we were just trying to keep up. We were just getting started. I remember <laughs> a year ago, I was like, I was about to go back to school, like not not like super soon, but in a couple weeks. And we were trying to figure out how we were going to Right in the middle of all it. this recording. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to do the videos? Because Nick, anyway, we're going to, we can get into all that. We could not for this podcast, though. but it was nuts. It was nuts. Um, so yeah, the holidays are here. I wanted to ask you a question to start out and let me do this. Yeah. Intro topic today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the holidays and what kind of our favorite thing about the holidays are, but I want you to think about something that you enjoy, I guess that you might consider to be underrated like maybe not everybody thinks it is like the best thing but something that you really enjoy with the holidays that's kind of underrated you mean it only happens at the holidays just yeah something about the holidays that's underrated in your opinion it's underrated the christmas music okay i love the christmas music it plays all day at my office oh my this gosh. time of year i can't wait until november hits because i'm ready to turn on christmas music and I just love it playing through the house, all the Christmas songs. It's just me. It's what I like. All the old favorites of Christmas music I think people get tired of. But to me, it brings a spirit. It brings an energy. And I think it's very underrated. I do mm -hmm. think looking at lights is a lot of fun. But I don't know that that's necessarily underrated because uh, I think people do enjoy going to look at lights. I do too. I think I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Christmas music for me, like I'll, I'll listen to it, but like... Maybe like once December starts is when I like when we did November, like November love 1st, it. Christmas music. I'm like, okay, it's a little early love for it. me, but you know, what do you <laughs> love? my thing that's underrated are Christmas cookies in our house. Are they underrated? In our, in our, in our house, they are to me. Really? I think they're underrated in our house because I don't ever think about Christmas cookies except for yeah. when it's time to make them. And so for me, like something that's underrated is something that not everybody is like super over like you're not gonna in july you're not gonna be like oh christmas cookies are so good like you're not gonna think about i know that. i think i'd probably eat them then but they're just not made then but so. you just don't think about it but when christmas comes and you're like oh christmas cookies yeah. like i'm in you know halloween candy corn for me which people cringe at sometimes yeah christmas cookies we have several different kinds tons, that my wife makes, tons of them and i love getting new cookies yeah i just love alice sharing this memory of i have a memory at christmas where just like going into the kitchen through different tins and to see what's inside of them like you don't really remember what tins have what so you just look through all of them to see what's in there that's what that's one of my things that's like i love that I love and that usually i would say that uh something about the weather except but the weather stinks where we are so yeah. it's not predictable it doesn't just get cold for christmas necessarily yeah, so I'm going to say the music. You're going to say the cookies. Cookies are fire. Anyway, are fire. Uh, yeah. Let us know in the comments what you think is underrated about Christmas. Yes. I love to hear y'all's 
opinions on it because we have a lot of people that live all over the place. I'm going to say this also, the movies. Watching specific movies people get tired of, yep. which I love, like watching A Christmas Story, watching Christmas with the Cranks, watching Lampoon Christmas Vacation, watching Daddy's Home 2. Love it. Watch, I can go on and on. Four Christmases. And Daddy's Home 2 is better than Daddy's Home. Because just I just love And I look, I'm a guy that watches the Hallmark Channel too. I'll sit and watch Hallmark movies because I love the Christmas time. <laughs> this time of year with the weather and the season and everything is great. And I know there's been a lot of loss and a lot of stri strife and yeah. struggle for people. So I'm not diminishing that. But I know there are certain times of the year, certain events that I feel upset yeah. or sad or down about that True. other people love. So True. it's okay. Do you think you would watch the Hallmark Channel if your wife didn't? Probably. <laughs> not like religiously. I, I don't know that you would. But this time of year, I love seeing a Christmas movie. Okay. But like, I there's a lot Christmas. of Christmas movies out there, but the Hallmark Channel is... Love the Hallmark Channel. Hallmark Channel is something else. But I watch QVC and I'll sit there and yeah, look at things true. to shop for. And maybe, I won't even buy anything, but I'll just look at it all day. Maybe you're just getting older. Maybe old, I am definitely maybe, getting maybe older. Maybe older people do that because yeah. I don't think I, I would not... And sure. Unless my girlfriend or wife really loved it, I would not sit and watch the Hallmark. Well, I get pedicures now, and I didn't do that before. I do that too now, and I actually really love those. Those are by the way, those, those are, are really fun. underrated. Those are underrated. Talk about underrated things. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's get into the hard stuff now. <laughs> not hard stuff, but the it could stuff. be hard stuff for some Gosh. people. We're gonna try to try to give y'all some joy around a tough subject. So that's yeah. that's our goal here. Here's the topic of the day. Topic of the day, we're going to talk about how to cope if the holidays are hard, because we know that some people have a hard time during the holidays. A lot of, a lot of times everybody just glamorizes the holidays and makes it where it's like, oh, the holidays are the best time ever, like you open this podcast with, but some people don't feel that. That's exactly and so true. I wanted, I wanted to talk about how, from a mental health perspective, because you know a lot mm -hmm. about mental health does matter, and you know a lot about, oh. yeah, get your merch while it's still there. Anyway, um, why, like, and how that some people don't enjoy the holidays and they have really hard time. And it can be multiple different things. And we're going to go through some of the different things. It could be um, if you have anything else in the comments that we forget about, let us know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so let's just start out. What are some things that you can think of that make the holidays hard for some people? It usually centers around an event. So something's happened in somebody's yeah. life that made it worse, made it more troubling. And so it's an anniversary thing. That's the challenge, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you can have uh, Mother's Day. And if you've lost your mom, if your mom's passed away in September, Mother's Day is still going to be very hard, right? Yeah. Because that annual holiday that we celebrate is honoring mothers. And so that's hard. Uh, that's different than the specific date you lost somebody. Yeah. But if you lose somebody in a Christmas season where normally we are celebrating that it's going to make that season uh, hard because there is a buildup to the holidays, not necessarily a buildup yeah. to Mother's Day or a birthday or anything like that. There's a buildup to the holidays mm -hmm. of like everybody be joyous and yeah. happy and drink cocoa and and let's get presents and let's sing songs and when people have experienced loss, uh, trauma, uh, grief, sadness, people have seasonal depression that kicks around during this time of year. 
any kind of down, lost a job, True. A, any yeah. kind of a downturn where this has really been a hard thing uh, for me to go through, it will, it will cycle through that season. And most of the time, the reason they have repeatedly bad holiday seasons is because of a loss, a death. Mm. So if you lose someone, it's very hard to uh, celebrate in the midst of I've lost somebody. And especially Nick, if you've lost someone during the holiday season, man, yeah. that's a double whammy. It's one thing if you lose, for instance, your mom or dad or cousin or aunt or uncle or grandparent during the year, and then Christmas comes and it's like, they're not here. Mm -hmm. It's another thing if you lose them in December and it's like every year we're going to remember them being gone and we're going to remember the holidays stinking yeah. and being bad. So I say it's justified and I don't ask, I tell people, don't pretend, don't act like it's wonderful. Don't try to forget it. Let it be there. And maybe you don't want to celebrate and maybe you don't want a tree or maybe you want like a little bitty tree like that, you know, just that it's just <laughs> yeah. kind of this thing that sits on a table just to say, okay, I'll at least put a tree out, but I'm just going to do that. Yeah. It's okay. You define it for what you need to. So I would say around death and loss is the biggest and hardest to cope with. True. And there are some little things we'll get into a little bit. I'll mention them now. Some of the things I thought of is maybe you're like, I take it from people my age, like a college student. What mm -hmm. if they are at school the whole year, then they come home and they have a bad home life and then they, their Christmas is not fun. Like maybe they would rather be at school. I think yeah. about that. I've had, you know, not necessarily friends, but people I know that, I've not had the best home life and college mm -hmm. is like their, their place that they their love escape. or whatever stress. Yeah. And it can be something, one of the things I thought of, which is funny, not funny, but it's funny in the sense of it's not something you would think of stress around like getting gifts for people because the holidays are a time where mm -hmm. people expect, I feel like people expect to get gifts during the holidays. Yeah. It's like, Oh, what am I going to get from this person? And it's like, that can be stressful, especially if you, have like a fixed income and you don't mm -hmm. have tons to spend or just like you want to like do better than the previous mm -hmm. year or something like that. So that could be another reason why the holidays suck for you. And There's, then just, just overall anxiety around just being around people yeah. could be another one. So those are some of the things I thought of. We're going to try to give you all some tips or I'm going to do my best to give tips, but I'm not the mental health professional here. Um, all right. So anything else you want to mention? There is typically an increase in eating and drinking, consuming alcohol uh, and spending this time of year. So what I always ask people to do is balance, right? Like we talk about, try to not go overboard because the presents aren't the biggest thing of the, uh, of the year. The eating the food and you gain 10 pounds over the holidays is not going to be fun come January drinking because people are partying or going out or gathering to balance yourself. And just to say, this is what I'm going to plan. This is what I'm going to budget. This is what I'm going to handle. The best gifts I've ever given people have been letters that I wrote or small gifts that I've made. Honestly, yeah. best gifts I've ever given people that they've appreciated, not things that I went out and spent a bunch of money on. So to be able to treat the season as you want and not let it overtake you so that in January you're depressed. A lot of people get depressed in January. True. Yeah. January can be tough for that. And uh, next, next podcast, we're actually going to talk about some of that as well. Yeah. The new year. But let's talk about mm -hmm. what are some things that you can do and this can be a general thing and then we'll go kind of individually into some of the hard things. But what 
are some things people can do when they're having a hard time, especially around the holidays that can help them cope from your perspective? Well, I'm always going to say get help, right? To have somebody to, to go to. Therapy is great when it's great. Like it doesn't yeah. mean every bit of therapy is great, but it, it is on Like if you're having trouble financially, you want to go get a financial advisor. If you're having trouble physically, you want to go to the doctor and see what they say. If you're having trouble spiritually, you want to go to somebody that can spiritually help. If you're having trouble mentally and emotionally, you want to go to somebody, you want to have somebody there. It doesn't mean you have to see them all the time, but have somebody on call. Because first thing is to get help. Then don't try to fix everything on your own. And don't curl up in a ball in a dark room, like I said. Give yourself space is number two. Give yourself space to be able to check out. Just, just get away. That doesn't mean check out for the whole season. It might be 30 minutes. It might be for the evening. You just want to take the evening off. But give yourself space and time to be able to say, you know what? I think I'm going to head home early tonight. Uh, or I'm just going to stay in tonight because I'm not feeling it. But don't let that be every night. And thirdly, be able to let yourself plan how you're going to spend the holidays. Don't let it just consume you. Too many people plan the holiday season where they go visit like family and stuff and they hate them or they don't want to be around them. Or Christmases if you haven't seen like, a movie. I don't want to go with these people, but we feel obligated to. Well, yeah. you could go and make it different, maybe just for a little bit. Or you could go towards the end of the gathering and then just be there for a little bit. Go at the beginning and then leave early. You don't have to go and commiserate and maybe you take this year off from doing the family thing. If it's really something you don't want to do, that's why a mental health professional can help you. You're not just arbitrarily making these decisions. I don't know till I talk to somebody, but let yourself plan the holiday. Like, what do I want to do or not want to do? Nick knows in our family, we've had tradition and ritual at Christmas time. Christmas yep. Eve, we have a specific routine. Christmas Day, we have a specific routine. Some of it involves just us being together. Some of it involves family. And we keep that. Yeah. So that because it works for us, it helps us be happier. We don't, we're not running to four different places exhausted by the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, four Christmases, if you haven't seen the movie, what a that, movie. that's basically God, describing so what good. he just said, where they literally go to different where you feel <laughs> obligated you're cooking yeah. a bunch of stuff, you're preparing a bunch of stuff, you're buying. How about buying presents for oh family members you never even see? And because you feel obligated to and have a, have a spending cap, spending the $10 spending cap. But then you go to these gatherings and you're trying to get along with people you don't get along with. And it's sometimes it's not fun. So give yeah. yourself space, boundaries to be able to have space. Also to plan where you're going to be when and get plenty of rest. Yeah. One thing I did want to mention when you mentioned the part about having giving yourself space. But the part you said right before that was don't curl up in a ball in a dark room. Yeah. So you got to make sure those two things don't happen together. Mm -hmm. Like you want to give yourself space, but not to where you're going to isolate yourself. I want people sense. to time what they do. So it's not just I'm going to go home this afternoon yeah. and lay down. It's I'm going to go rest for an hour. I'm going to go rest for two hours. And then I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to go here. Too many people just let it drift all the way into the next day. So yeah. don't confuse those two. I think you need to stay active and doing things and being around people also, but you need some space. Plus, you got to deal with people who are grieving. Like, let's say somebody lost somebody mm -hmm. like this time of year or this year, and they're just not feeling the, well, then don't go. Maybe you go on a trip somewhere else. Maybe you go to a different location. Maybe you change the way you do Christmas or the holidays. You can do that. Yeah. So it, it is okay to do those things, but sometimes we just arbitrarily do it based on how we feel that day. And that can be hard. Yeah. 
Okay, let's go a little more specific here. Um, what about around centering around what we've talked about a little bit about if somebody has lost somebody, mm-hmm. for instance, um, around Christmas time or just maybe earlier in the year, but Christmas yeah. time is hard for them. What specifically for that would you give advice on what to do? You know, there's so many things you could do. Number one, you get help. I'm always going to create the treatment. Treatment can be therapy, can be a support group. There are a lot of grief support groups at churches and places like that that are really yeah. good to be around. There are friends that you have that might be really supportive and encouraging and good to be around. So be around some people, maybe not all the time, but some of the time. Uh, journaling is always good, writing down how you feel, and just take a certain time of day if you want to, like before bed every night or or at lunchtime every day. I'm just going to sit down for 10 minutes and I'm just going to write how I feel about the grief I'm going through. Also, uh, don't feel like you have to do a lot of things you don't want to do. So you might actually want to, the Christmas time, you might want to go serve other people. If you're dealing with a loss and somebody that you are so sad about not having here anymore, you may want to go help other people. You may want to give presents to to children uh, who didn't get any. You may want to feed meals to people on Christmas Day. We've done that before. That help people who are just wanting a meal and you want to be serving somebody because it'll make you feel good to actually give back to other people and take your mind off of all of the grief that's going on just for a little bit. So there are activities, groups, help that and that's what therapy for me is good for in my office i can help steer people in a direction that might be good for them one person i might say go volunteer uh, serving meals on christmas day and it'll help you take about half the day to be able to to feel good about yourself and tired mm-hmm. when you get home you want to just rest other people i might say you know call up your friends go do this kind of thing with them or get involved in this support group because it'll be a good group you can get to know so it's different for everybody but those are all different options you can play mm-hmm. out Good. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has known or knows somebody who deals with a loss around this time. And I think it's very important that people hear what you just said. Sadness and depression tend to grow Mm -hmm. with inactivity and isolation. So the less we're doing and the more isolated we are by ourselves, the more that is going to grow. And it's important to pay attention. That's what depression does. So the way depression is healed a lot of the time is through activity. It doesn't mean you need to be an extrovert and be outgoing, but it means sometimes it's good to be around people and it's good to be active. By the way, I didn't mention that. It's good to have activity. Start a daily walk uh, before work, after work, on the weekend. Start a routine of like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a jog or I'm going to you know, lift some weights or I'm going to start gardening out in the yard or I'm going to start building something. You may pull out a puzzle and yeah. put on your favorite music in your ears and, and just do puzzles. You, there are so many different things that can be done that can be creative and an outlet that you don't have to be stuck, isolated or with inactivity. Those two things you got to watch out for. Hmm. What about, okay, let's go into um, people that might not have a great home life. And this could be like children or this yeah. could be even adults like just they don't have a good like maybe somebody works a lot and then they don't have the best home life yeah. and around christmas time when you're off and you don't have uh, work to do like you have to be around your family maybe that's not great what advice would you give to those types of people yeah i know like that friend of mine says the holidays are where you leave your loved ones to go visit your family but sometimes your home is the most miserable place. Sometimes you're in a really bad relationship. Sometimes you're in a toxic 
mm-hmm. environment with your family, your parents, and you can't just leave home, you're a teenager or something, or your child. And sometimes the home life is actually the worst part of it. It's not that there's a loss going on there or anything. You have to be able to, I mean, that's where I really encourage journaling. I encourage connection with friends. I encourage things like this, listening or watching watching podcasts or listening to books that are uplifting, that can be goal-directed for the holidays of things you can do. Uh, listening to music is always helpful. It's things that inspire you or make you feel better, not make you feel worse. And again, activity with other people, trying to get involved in doing something outside. If you're in a miserable marriage and it's horrible or your spouse is working all the time or they're negative or they're toxic, get involved in some activity that helps you practice giving back, making presents for people, helping clean people's house, helping volunteer feed meals or... or um, uh, fixing things up for people. It's trying to get out and away from the toxic environment that you're in. But if you're in one and you can't get out of it, therapy, journaling, uh, listening to motivational type podcasts like this that help you know that there is hope, that this is not forever, and that you can build self-esteem back enough to where you can get out and live a different life can be helpful. But I feel bad for the children and teenagers that are in a rough environment during the holidays because... It creates stress on everybody, and they end up having to suffer from it. Mm. True. All right, one more thing, and then we'll go into a little another question that's a little more uplifting, I would say. What about, like, just stress and anxiety? Like, a lot of people might have stress around, like I said, gift-giving or just anxiety around being around, around, anxiety around um, being around people. Yeah. Um, What kind of advice would you give to people who just are really anxious? Because... That's sometimes, that's, that's sometimes me during the holidays. Like right. I'm more of a, not a introvert, but I am more of yeah. an introvert. And so during the holidays, it's a lot of people and I have to talk to a lot of different people and it's stressful sometimes. So it is, it creates more anxiety than ever imagined a holiday season. I don't know why that has to be, why you can't just be gathering and spending time together and yeah. having company with each other. Manage expectations. So I would tell people like you that you're talking about is to manage your expectations. You know, if you know you're going to go out and go to a gathering or you know you're going to be involved in a group thing, you may kind of balance the day so you're not just completely exhausted when you get there. You also may manage your day by saying, if I'm going to go do this, when I come home, I'm going to decompress and just kind of be by myself because I need that time. So it's always about managing your expectations and not getting yourself too booked, scheduled, or overwhelmed with what you're doing because anxiety intensifies with expectation. When we feel like we're expected to do something Mm -hmm. or provide something or be somebody, it creates anxiety. And so don't go spending money if your stress and anxiety is about getting into debt and feeling like you're not enough. I'd rather you feel like you're a disappointment and people don't like you because you didn't give them a present. Because come January, they won't remember what that present was anyway. No, yeah. I don't remember the presents a lot of people gave me a year ago. My family maybe, but even that, it's hard to remember yeah. what passing, especially a cousin or a friend, or don't feel obligated to have to give to everybody all the time. Yeah. Go. Sometimes you can give like gift certificates to people hey. that say, I did. this is for coffee with me. Uh, that, you know, one time this year coming up or whatever. 
and you can spend time together. And it doesn't have to be a big expensive thing. Sometimes or, it's just time together. Or the be the best gift ever that I gave Tom last year is, uh, if you haven't seen, we're talking a lot about movies, but <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, um, I, gave, I, I gave Tom last year the uh, Jelly of the Month Club certificate. And so each... Actually, was it last year? I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, I actually, think. Actually, yeah. I loved it. Um, so it was I gave, a little bit of a challenge. It was a challenge because I was at college. But I gave Tom a jar of jelly each month of the year last year. To be fair, <laughs> let's give context here. I didn't... Not every single month. Nick but. gave me that present and gave me a thing of jelly January 1st. Yeah. The first month and then i messaged him at the few days okay, after february first and out. i said i'm eagerly waiting for my jelly of the I month remember, i remember that and i remember him talking to his mom kind of like i didn't know this was like actually every month of the year well that's what it's called the jelly of the month club so you gift it keeps on giving the whole year so he was a little bit thrown off by that yeah. and i said look it, it can be a packet from Whataburger or whatever, McDonald's, a little jelly packet. It's just the symbolism of giving that yeah. that would be fun, I think, to get. And he got me like jars of jelly. Like I'm talking, I had jars stacked yeah. up. Yeah. And sometimes at college, I had to really work. Like when I would come home sometimes, like if I came home for a break, like let's say in April, then for like April, May, June or whatever, mm -hmm. it's not accurate, but like I came home and then I had to buy jelly for three months and I had to tell my mom to like, okay, every first of the month, can you give this to him? Because I was away at college. Set like, it on his table place. So anyway, but that, that was a fun story. But um, it, anyway. It's really cool to give little things like that or maybe a phone call that you give somebody on the first day of each month Yeah. Uh, to say hi or maybe just spending time together, like just time with us to hang out. So think of different ways that create a lower anxiety level because when I ask people, well, what would lower your anxiety? What would automatically make you feel better? And people would say, well, if I didn't have to you know, feel the pressure of giving presents, or if I didn't have the obligation of being with all these different people that I don't have time for, then I'm going to say, slow down and pick only certain people to go see yeah. or pick only certain things to do or to buy. Don't so let's let's change it. So it is workable, but sometimes you need help. That's why I said help support. Yeah. All right. Last thing, um, and then we'll go into some questions that people have asked us. Um, how can the holidays be a good thing for your mental health? Because we've talked about how a lot of times it's not the best time for a lot of people with especially mental health with anxiety, stress, and also just dealing with grief. But how can it be good? Very good if you change your mindset. Mm. Our mindset is everything. I don't think people understand that enough, that what we believe inside our head is what is true. And so when our mindset is negative or hopeless or despair or things just aren't going to be fun, it's like when you go to some activity on the weekend and it's like, this isn't going to be fun. Like the weather's not good. I don't, it's not going to be, you're automatically doomed. So you can approach it with a different attitude or mindset. You also can figure out what things you could do that would be more happy to be involved with, okay? And you also, like I said, cannot put yourself in a hole uh, with feeling like you have to spend money, you have to be around all these people that are gonna make you upset, depressed, or frustrated. Manage those expectations. So the way to make it joyous for me is the mindset, first of all. It's also the activity of giving. And giving yeah. doesn't just mean giving presents to people. That's not what it's about. 
giving, of time, of energy, of being happier to other people. How about if you just start acting happier during the season? When I wear my Santa hat I have out in a restaurant or something, people, a lot of people might think, that's stupid, I'd never wear that. <laughs> but to me, people are automatically nicer to me. <laughs> and I'm automatically nicer with them because yeah. I'm just like Santa walking around here. So... Try to be more giving, generous, just of yourself, nice to people, polite to people, help them pick something up, help them open a door, help them, you know, by slowing down on the road or getting in a line that, that you're not feeling rushed and pushing people. Just relax a little bit and approach the season as maybe it could be a good thing and you'd be shocked. Mindset, yeah. Nick. Love it. Okay. That was our episode. We have Q&A now, but if you have any questions or anything... That was a lot. We packed in a short period of time. Let us know in the comments if you have any questions or anything about mm -hmm. this, because this definitely is not all... A lot. There's probably a lot more um, things that people go through in the holidays than what we mentioned, but... Yeah. So let us know. Let's get into our Q&A now. One day I want to get... I want to do some kind of live Q&A where you record a question from somebody ahead of time that you're asking... And then we pipe them in, like, not live, but we have their recorded question we play. That would be so fun. Like video of them? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Very cool. I like that idea. All right. First question. How do you know when you're in a good enough headspace to stop taking meds? Having treatment, having a therapist, for sure. You're not going to know that. Hmm. But I do actively ask clients I see about how they feel and how they feel about taking meds and whether they feel like, and a lot of clients I work with, they're honest with like, you know, I like where it's at right now. I don't want to change things. And some are like, I would like to find a way to get off of these. And we work through that. But getting help is number one. Seeing the psychiatrist is not necessarily the best because psychiatrists don't really do therapy anymore. They just do medication management. So you could tell them you want to get off meds or you feel good enough to get off meds, but they might, they're medical people. So their, their job is medicine. So they're going to be a little bit leery of that a lot of times. But if you have somebody that's on your side or an advocate, uh, but you are going to know about number one, having help. So somebody that's there to, to be good feedback to you. Like I'm going to be honest with you, but I'm also going to be looking about, is this possible? Because they really want this. The second piece is your life. What were you doing before that you needed medication for? Whether it was being obsessive, whether it was being in an addiction, whether it was being uh, depressed, whether it was being anxious. What was it that was going on when you started medication? And are those symptoms still here? Because many times what you'd say is, no, I'm not. My anxiety is way under control. I feel really good about where I am. And I feel like I'd like to try to manage it without the medication or my depression is not there. I am more active, I'm involved in things. So it's looking at the behaviors you had when you started the medication and your emotional state, and then what it is now. Mm. Simply pushing. Okay. Uh, getting help helps that. Yeah, getting help is kind of the key to everything. And that's not like forever help. Like yeah. you can have somebody that's just like consulting ongoing. All right, uh, next question. Did you read the book, The Body Keeps Score? Mm -hmm. by? Well, I haven't read the book. Uh, I've heard pieces of it from Jill, who reads every book. Okay, what did you think about it? <laughs> I think it's good. Like, I mean, we're huge believers of paying attention to what's going on inside. So the first thing I'm going to ask people is, what's happening inside your body right now? 
where is it happening inside your body? We're big believers in the brain, what the brain believes, and you know all the EMDR work we've done. So I think paying attention to uh, what your body's telling you is super important because many times we have denial and defense mechanisms that make us not recognize it. And sometimes pain in our body is telling us something's wrong. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I, I really believe in that. And so I think getting, again, getting help from somebody who can also recognize a similar thing that you're going through and they can say, you know, you normally would be this way and now you've kind of been this way lately. Helps. So you're not having to judge everything. Gotcha. Okay, last question. What role do genetics play into mental health issues and can you be predisposed to certain disorders? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, genetics are pretty huge. Genetics in two ways. Number one, chemically, just genetically passing it down. And number two, behaviorally, habits mm -hmm. that you see if you're growing up as a child that come from your parent Yeah, that, that can be caught on. So that's a little, I mean, I know that would be kind of environmental, but it's really my genetic predisposition to who I am. If it's an addiction or if it's depression, or if it's anxiety, or if it's anything like that, you're going to mm -hmm. see it and live in it. Now, I've always said you can cure the cycle of addiction by stopping it in one generation, and the next generation has a way less chance of actually having anything happen. Mm -hmm. And then the generation after that would have even less or zero of it happening, honestly. Mm -hmm. But as long as those traits stay in, it just keeps cycling uh, generationally but yes genetic chemically because it's there and also behaviorally that you pick up hmm. interesting cool yeah um, very good insight from a very good mental health professional <laughs> it's good to have a good mental health professional but that's why we love doing this channel yeah I because know. it gives information that hopefully people would hear and recognize when they need help get help way before you need help because by the time you're in terrible shape, it's hard to fix things. Yeah. I got a parent call me recently that I hadn't seen in years. And they're like, well, we're at our wits end. We're done. We don't <laughs> know what else to do with our son. We need help desperately. Yeah. It's, it's too, it's, it's too probably yeah. two years too late of coming in. And so you're having to tread very carefully through that. Yeah. All right. I kind of have it for this, but I'll let you, if you have one. Um, hey, I think that's a good idea. Let's let Nick do the end this time. Okay, fine. Inspiration from Nick. Okay, well, my inspiration of the podcast is something you said. So, already, awesome. uh, I thought it was a really good line. It's very simple, but it's very good. And that is something that my mind just blanked on. I was just thinking about it, and then now <laughs> I totally keeps me stable. No, what was it? It was. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, mindset is everything. That's what yeah. you said. That's a pretty. I don't good know one. why my mindset forgot. See? It blanked, blocked on you. But mindset is everything. How how you said that? That that was it's so simple, yeah. but yet it means so much because your mindset really does c control how you live. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a negative mindset all the time, you're just never gonna be positive about yeah. it. You're always gonna be moping around and not believing in yourself. But if you have a positive mindset, yeah. that totally changes. Even if you have a rough day and you're still positive, that helps you overcome that bad day so. by the way that doesn't mean be happy all the time yeah, so nick's not that. saying that he's just saying you have to choose to take the situation in front of you and live with it and do something about it yeah especially during this christmas season like there could be a lot of days for a lot of people where it's like this day sucks 
I have to see all these people I don't want to see. Or maybe it's just like, man, that my ex who passed, not literally ex, but why, whoever, whoever passed away, like, man, it's really hitting me today. Like that, that might be a terrible situation, but you can spin it in a positive way where you can get through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you can make and make and do good in other parts of your life. So and sometimes that's just watching like what we have a reaction yeah. video. It's just like people have said that to us, just the fun and entertainment of us talking in our live streams lifts their spirits. And that's what it's about. Yeah. Finding that. Cool. Good job. Good job today. Thought it was good. Um, if y'all enjoyed it, please hit that like button, subscribe to our podcast channel, like subscribe. And what they used to say, what? there's three things or something. Turn on the notification bell. You never miss yeah. a video. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, make sure to do that. If you want to see an extra episode, we're about to record it right now um, of this podcast and go over to Patreon or become a YouTube member. All YouTube members and Patreon members get to see that extra 15-minute yes. episode or Worth so. It. We give behind-the-scenes details a lot of the time. We do games. We do all kinds of stuff. So if you want to see that, It'll cost you four or five bucks a month. Plus you get a members-only live stream every week yeah. with us. Four or five bucks a month yeah, totally for all of that. Um, extra episode every week, like a dollar a week. That's all it is to see an extra <laughs> That's episode. so cheap. It's 15 anyway, cents a day. But yeah, do whatever you want. I would highly encourage it. But thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you on the next, next Reaction, Reaction Therapy, Therapy Podcast. podcast.